Welcome to Becoming Unstoppable, the podcast. I'm your host, Jen Parker. This podcast is to educate, inform you all about becoming unstoppable without hustling, without burning out. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my 90-day program, Chaos to Calm, designed to help you rewire and release your busy, anxious mind so you can avoid burnout and learn to thrive through Ayurveda practices and philosophies and will help you find balance and unlock your true potential. Enjoy today's episode. And welcome to another episode of Becoming Unstoppable. I'm so excited to have the amazing Victoria Eisenhower on the podcast today. And she is a self-love scientist, I love that, who went from people-pleasing to self-love sorceress. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super stoked. Oh, I'm excited too. And for those who might be new to your world, can you just explain a little bit about, you know, what is a self-love sorceress? It sounds very amazing, but I'd like to know a little bit more. A self-love sorceress. <laughs> Get excited every time. Um, so yeah, I um I have the title self-love scientist on my business cards, but then once we start getting into like the nit and gritty of the work, my goal is to turn the people pleasers, uh, my women directly into self-love sorcerers. And that is having this divine connection within yourself in a way that you can express yourself and owning your power and your sexuality without fear, without shame. It's just owning what you want and taking that out into the world. Mm, That sounds such a beautiful gift that you're able to offer women. I think as women, we've really been conditioned to be the people pleaser. It's, you know, and often people are like, we can feel bad that we, we are people pleasers, but at the end of the day, it's because we are empaths and we care so deeply and we're the nurturers. And I think it's important for people to understand, Victoria, that you can still be an amazing, beautiful, big-hearted person without compromising your whole identity. Do you sort of agree on that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, how this became, you know, your business, how you came from going, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a self-love scientist and then, you know, you you sort of did a bit more in the work and you called yourself a sorceress. How did this all, you know, how was this birthed for you? Well, originally my business was, I launched my business last year in April of 2021 and it was coming from a place of yoga. I wanted to launch a yoga business that was centered on inspiring my clients, my audience to just to live their lives, like live your best life. And it was just these cute little quirky posts on Instagram, videos on different poses. And, um, and I started realizing that whenever I would share something, you know, I would see the words and then I would ask myself if I was actually living up to that, you know, Was I fulfilling this like inspirational quote? And it almost, I kind of felt fake. Uh, I felt a little superficial. And then I started doing a lot more um, deeper work within myself and 
what's beautiful about yoga is you start creating this presence, you know, in your meditations, you start valuing your time. And I started noticing just kind of small things, whether it was, you know, how I would spend my time with others. I started looking at my health and um, it, you know, things were getting a little tight in terms of the workplace and then in my relationship. And I started, you know, just really thinking about like, how am I, how, how do I approach this? And I noticed different patterns throughout the years, like, especially in terms of scarcity, in terms of fear. And I noticed that whenever things were getting tight, like in regards to money, I became, I started acting upon things on in scarcity. I got to find like different types of work and um, I ended up in jobs that I didn't like. And whenever it came to my relationship, I think the biggest thing was my relationship at the time. I was really, really in my masculine. I was trying to make things work. And I was like, I have to do these things. I have to show up in this way or I will lose them. I will be alone. <laughs> and um, I, I think one of the biggest moments in my life happened this year, uh, early March, no, early, I want to say February or March of this year, I uh, was in another looping pattern, as I would call it, where I found myself sitting there asking questions, having this inner dialogue with myself going, I know I deserve better. I know there's a timeline out there where I'm thriving and I am better than this. And I came across this wall of, if I go this, um, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word, uh, crossroads. If I go left, I know my conscious knows, everybody knows, my spirit guides know. If I go left, I'm gonna be back here again because I'm just looping the same pattern because I don't wanna hurt anyone. I want everyone to be comfortable. If I go right, that means like, what am I afraid to lose if I go right? Well, if I go right, it's leaving everything I thought I needed behind. And that would look like starting over. And I could feel and I could see the joy and the adventures and the passion to the right. But that meant leaving everything and starting over. So I went right. Um, and the moment I made that choice, my health got better. Um, my wealth got better. I did start completely from scratch. And I learned um, from the past couple months that whenever I would source from a place within myself, like an authentically sourced answer, like this was a hell yes for me. Everything that followed through after that was in perfect alignment with my purpose. Like I said, my health got better. Um, my relationships with my friends and family, it you know, cleared up. I lost some people. I gained new ones. I established myself in a new community. My business got better. <laughs> my pleasure got better. <laughs> and I just, and I, all because I asked myself what I wanted. And even though at the time it was the hardest thing to do, because as women, we're like, well, I don't want anyone to be disappointed. And I've grown up to this expectation of wanting to be seen and validated by others. And for the first time, I asked myself what I wanted and how I would validate myself. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Isn't that, that is just 
so beautiful that you recognized that passion and sometimes that's fun that's actually how can we create any change within our life if we don't have any awareness about what's happening so that is so powerful that you recognized what was happening and you made that choice it wasn't an easy choice like you said Victoria I think sometimes we you know so many people have an assumption that when we do healing and self-development you know it's all rainbows and unicorns and it's butterfly and it's calm and all people go look it's going to be too hard and I'm not going to do it but you could see that there was something else for you and I love now you know all these possibilities that have opened up because you started listening to your um I call it the inner compass you're able to listen to that and always when we do that and we we can really be quite intuitive beings because women are very intuitive yeah we go oh actually I'm going to put my health first um yeah I love that because I can I, I can relate to that so much and I I love there's a quote and it's basically you don't have to catch yourself on fire to keep another person warm and so a lot of women who are empaths heart-centered huge people pleasers they believe they have to basically you know go completely without to keep another person warm but every time we're doing that we're really disempowering ourselves and we're saying we're not we don't matter and did you see that when you started putting boundaries in place of how you wanted to do your life the true people were always there anyway yes it did it did surprise me at first I won't lie um when I made the choice to move to leave this relationship it did result because I was married at, a, at one point so it did result in a divorce and one of the things I was afraid of was the way it would impact my relationships with my friends my family and I will never forget when I told my girlfriends what was happening because I felt shame and guilt for, for picking myself. Um, they looked at me and they were like, is it bad we want to celebrate you? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so they were these, you know, these women um, and I have other women in these containers that when I was going through this process of like rebirthing my identity, it was I felt held and seen. And like you said, these were the people who were, who saw it from a mile away, but just they were like, I know that she, when the time is right, she'll make the right choice. And so when I did, and even with my family, they were like, I understand what you're doing. It'll just take me some time to understand. And yes, boundaries. Oof. I put up some boundaries. <laughs> because I needed this time, like even in my, the way I showed up for my work, I was not ready to explain what was happening because I was still processing this, this whole new like shift because in relationships, we're investing this identity. And as soon as I was ready to let that go and step into this new version of myself, I was like, holy cow, <laughs> I don't like, what, where do I begin? What, and that was the whole, you know, what do you want? And getting back into you know even the dating scene was just <laughs> it was like how do I want to show up and what is it that I am deserving now 
so I don't repeat the same thing again. Mm, yeah, yeah, it, it's something that I think we we often know what we need to do, but it's never a decision that you know because we 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 do have to birth a new identity, and sometimes that can be hard. You know, half the the challenges women because it's it and it's I think sometimes we we can put so much you know and that's where shame comes in because we can feel you know as humans one of our basic survivals is safety we want to feel safe and so when we're going and doing anything new like new birthing a new identity that doesn't feel always safe so I'm interested to know Victoria how do you support your clients who are going through an experience where they may be giving so much to everyone else and they feel like maybe they don't know what's happening maybe they don't have the awareness but you know what might be some of the signs that people may recognize that's happening in their life of they are big people pleasers and they it might be depleting their energy that you could sort of give people a few tips on that so there are a few indications of people pleasing and one of them is very similar to deja vu. And that is you'll find yourself in a situation and you're not going to like it. You're, you know, you're going to feel very exhausted. You're going to feel icky. And at the same time, you're going to feel like you've been here before. And I say that because whenever we as people pleasers come to make a choice, and that choice is either a yes or a no, or eh, a maybe. And you you can feel within yourself, you're like, I don't want to, like, for example, let's talk about holidays. I don't want to go to this holiday party because I'm tired. I've worked, you know, every day and I haven't meal prepped or I really want to go to the gym. But if I say no, my friends will be disappointed. So you go and then you have a miserable time. And you're having this miserable time sitting there thinking to yourself, like, and you start recognizing these feelings, these icky feelings, because over and over we find ourselves doing this. We're literally in control of our environment. We're just choosing to put ourselves there. And the second, I would say the, the most common sign of people pleasing is burnout. Mm. And that's different for everybody. That's lack of sleep. It's this really like heavy, feeling on the chest or even like right around like for women like right around our stomachs and our womb space we'd have no like the creativity isn't there anymore but we're just like we're just focused and running these autopilot programs to just keep going just keep showing up if as soon as I get to Friday then I can do x y and z and then once Friday comes we're we're exhausted so we'll just you know maybe like, well, at least I, at least I did it. At least I made this. And it's like, mm, mm. was that? <laughs> so I would say burnout. And then that, that distinct gut feeling or the, the, have I been the deja vu feels. Yeah. Yeah. I, that That's interesting. Cause I think hearing that is sometimes people go, oh, you know, how did I get into this? You know, circumstance it's usually like people unintentionally 
um, they're really good at something. And so they people might go, oh, do you, you know, we, we don't have any volunteers. Do you want to volunteer for, you know, doing this charity or do you want to volunteer? And, and sometimes people can feel like, oh, okay. But I think a lot of people pleasing comes from, and I don't know if, you know, you've encountered this with the type of women that you support and coach and do all of the work you do, Victoria. When you're, when people haven't, it, it all stems from childhood. It all stems from how they've been conditioned and how they seeked validation. And I think, um, I mean, every person in there is completely different. We're all such unique beings and that's something to keep in mind. But people who maybe when you're a child and you've lacked, um, I remember teachers used to write in my report card, Jennifer lacks confidence. Jennifer lacks confidence, you know, and that became my my narrative and my story for so long. And so I didn't want to upset people because that became part of my narrative of just not feeling, I didn't feel confident in myself. And I think, you know, when we're looking at people pleasing and it has stemmed from conditions from childhood and it's, you know, these conditions of looking for external validation of not receiving that from primary caregivers and people who all we wanted as children is to feel loved and to feel safe and to have that sense of belonging and when we don't have it that's when often we can seek it in other um, maybe unhealthy um, relationships or things that can sort of at first they make us feel good, like people might numb it through um, drug and alcohol or um, gambling or, you know, shopping and all of those things. Do you notice that as well? Like in the work that, you know, you do and from your experience, do you see sort of a bit of a common thread there, like from childhood and people having maybe a very similar um, background or even you know, because people talk about trauma, there's, you know, big trauma and there's little trauma. Do you sort of see a bit of a, a bit of a cor- correlation there as well? I do. I see a lot of, um, especially, yeah, women who are very much in their masculine. And I'm saying like the women who are like very passionate about their jobs, whether they're in the dream job or just a job that gets the job done, their their mission at this point early on in the process is I I'm just here to make a living. I work the nine to five. I try to stay in shape because they're maintaining this presence and keeping up with like, you know, just trying to keep up with society standards of success. And then when we look deeper into it, because when you ask them these questions like how how this is going for them and they're like, oh, I'm just trying to get by. I'm not really happy. I wish I had X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of connections that go back to, as you said, like for children, we really wanted to make our parents proud, you know, and that could have been whether or not you grew up in a wonderful, like in a childhood home and it was wonderful, just receiving those compliments at some point they stopped or at some point you received a negative compliment and it just, you know, we our minds are processing so much information that we take it as children up until as we're going through, like you said, um, going through middle school, 
going through high school, we're taking that validation. Um, if we're no longer receiving it at home, we seek it from others. I just want to fit in. I just want to fit in. I just want him to pick me. Why won't he pick me? Oh, I'm not, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not blonde enough. You know, I need to wear makeup. And these things, like you said, um, it, it just, it just keeps going into, you know, we graduate, we get the jobs. And the next thing you know, we're, we're seeking these short-term, like these temporary signs of um, relief or just like, I, I always like call it the, the quickie fix, <laughs> you know, like if you're feeling kind of stuck and like this goes back to, oh, it's Friday and now I deserve this glass of wine or I'm going to go out with my friends. And then, you know, you're happy for just a minute, but then you're going back through the whole thing again. And mm. then you're like, I like this. And, you know, everybody deserves better. So, so much better. And so, yes, to answer your question, I've, I've seen it a lot where it goes back to, especially on the dad side. If I've had a couple of clients say like, I just wanted my dad to be proud of me. And that's why we're so in our masculine because we're like trying to, you know, I don't need anybody else to take care of me, but at the end of the day, I just want him to be proud. Mm. Yeah, actually, that that is so in, yeah, I that is so interesting actually because you sort of you really think about it, and a lot of the time, that's if we don't seek that from you know, and and that might even be for men who may have not received certain validation from their mother, they go sometimes go very much in their feminine energy so you know it's so interesting how it all works and we don't go you know I always talk about um I don't know if you've heard of Marie Kondo she's like a Japanese organizing queen you know and it's sort of like not like we look at our physical space and go oh I need to need to sort that cupboard out oh gosh I need to sort out my wardrobe it's gosh, I've got so many things that, you know, they don't fit me or I don't like anymore. We do that with things we can physically see. But what about all the, the clutter in our own minds? We don't go, okay, <laughs> right, let's do a bit of a declutter today. I need to do a declutter. I need to take this to, like, we've got different charity stores here in Australia. I need to go and um, take that to Lifeline or Red Cross, you know, um, we need to sort of go, okay, is that serving me? Because our human brain, like you, you were saying earlier, like we have so much information coming at us and we're more likely to remember or attach to one small element that we have perceived as negative. And then it's created this whole narrative that can lead to some of those beliefs that we aren't worthy or good enough, which leads to the whole people pleasing. So yeah, yeah, it's sort of, it's so interesting because I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of decluttering your mind. We always think of, if you can physically see things, people are going, okay, well, I'm, I'm making a difference. We don't look at the power of our own brain we need our brain for everything. You know, if we're not good at something in our business, say we're not good at doing Canva graphics, well, we can hire someone to do that. Or we're not good at doing one thing, we can, 
you know, get someone to help us, but no one can take away how we think and feel. We can have the tools and know that and then that is priceless. It's not just the work that they do with you or me. It's priceless. It helps them, you know, for years and years to come with when those patterns come. So I'm interested to know, you know, how how you actually might help a client, what it might look like so they can go, oh, wow, that's, you know, I can hear what Victoria is saying. That is me. I definitely need that. Could you ask the question again, love? Yeah. So if people are listening and they're wanting to know a little bit, obviously, how your style and you know method of coaching works how would that look like like you know after you know you've you know your first session you know what are some of the things that you might you know support a client to do in the work that you do yeah oh excited I love it okay so my at my core what's really important for me to share is the greatest relationship and the most important relationship that we need to build is the one we have with ourselves. And I'm talking off, like, I love you down to like your birthday suit, <laughs> like loving and accepting who you are in this body and soul, mind, like everything. So by the end of our first session, you have been supported and you know, you have these tools with you so you can start redesigning the the lifestyle that you want. And maybe this looks like, you know, this, I would always, I remember this and sometimes I do it too. I, I need to remind myself of the woman I'm becoming. It's, it's tapping into all the senses. It's getting really creative and also becoming very vulnerable because these, you know, we're coming from a place of, I work, I have my blinders on because I, I'm working for one purpose only to work this nine to five, get home, pay bills, take care of kids. And what I'm there to do is peel these off. So you can see that there is, there is so much more to you. There is so much more in your reality that you are deserving to have and to receive. Because once you peel, and these blinders are those perceptions these old programs that they're not anything you did it was just put on you at a younger age and through ancestors so I'm here to peel those off so you can see how expansive and how colorful and how loud and how you know I want to see you get wild I want to see you get like really turned on with yourself so you can show up in a place and you are owning everything. So it's really, mm. I like them to get creative. And I find that um, also integrating movement. And um, I like to walk them through creating, designing these uh, creative, achievable outcomes. We also start initiating through different levels of self-love practices. Because creating this relationship with yourself will start with getting to know you like getting to know this beautiful woman unearthing this goddess <laughs> this yeah. yes I love that yeah and it is a, such a journey of 
getting to know ourselves on a deeper level and being vulnerable. The most vulnerable thing you can do is our birthday suit. That's how we entered the world. And, you know, some, I think a lot of women can find that really confronting is mirror work, but mirror work when you're actually naked and not just like doing your makeup, but, but looking at yourself and, it, and all parts. Yeah, it's, it's vulnerable, but it's so powerful. You must see women who maybe they didn't want to do mirror work and now they're looking at themselves able to even, you know, fully connect. That must be so powerful just seeing how women transform. It's, it's, it, oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to say it, it surprises me. Um, and then when I, when I tell them initially, like, this is what I want you to do. At first they laugh they laugh about it. They're like, you want me to what? <laughs> and I don't say immediately like get naked or get down to your birthday suit. Actually, it really does start with, I would love for you to stand in front of a mirror and look at your, like, look at yourself, your reflection. And I'd really like for you to say, I love you. I love you so much. You look great today. And they laugh because they think it's easy and they don't see how it actually works. But then the moment they do it, and it's most, it's every day. And if you can do it multiple times a day, I, I only ask one time every day. And then they start noticing the very first couple of times, it's actually really hard. Mm. It's a lot harder to face yourself and say something that if you think about it, we don't do it. You say it to anybody else automatically, like your parents, your kids, your girlfriends, your partners, it's so, it comes to you so easily. And that's that people pleasing thing, which is not a bad thing to, you know, voice your the love for others, but coming back to yourself and sharing this moment, this intimate moment, it, it's really, it's a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, the brain, when something sounds so simplified, it, it almost resists you know that's too simple we our brain almost is expecting us to go on this like journey of oh well, we have to do it this way and then we've got to do it this way and then we're going to have like you know we're going to we're not going to feel more confident and so okay well that that makes sense but when something sounds so simplified our ego is like oh no it's not going to work you know like meditating a lot of people resist or you know, I can't do that. You know, I don't have time. And it's like, well, if you don't have time, you need to do it for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is. And then you sort of go, you know, sometimes this, the most simple things are the hardest things. And if everyone was doing it, can you imagine how powerful the world would be? How, you know, even the energetics of the world, if we would all be able to do some of these practices of looking at ourselves, if we came from a place of love, rather than that hatred, yeah, the world would be in such a completely different, you know, space. And the work that you do, Victoria, is super powerful and helping women become unstoppable by really shedding off all of those layers and not leaning into that people-pleasing. So, yeah, super, super powerful, yeah. Um, I was just going to thank you again so much for coming on the Becoming Unstoppable podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and really talking about people pleasing and self-love and all of the 
magic stuff. It's been an absolute honour to talk to you. For those who want to know a little bit more about where to follow you, Victoria, what would be the best way for them to keep in contact with you? I am um, the most active on Instagram. You can find me at Victoria underscore Eisenhower, and that's I-C-E-N as in Nancy, H-O-W-E-R. And then I'm also on Facebook at Victoria Eisenhower Lotus Lifestyle. And then in both of those places, I have a link that can take you to like all the other backup accounts. I also have a TikTok, which I will post the same thing you see on Instagram. So, and thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. This was a lot of fun. And I, I get, as you can tell, I get really excited about, you know, just speaking from the work I do because it's coming from a place that I've been and I strive and I grow and I learn, you know, and my clients continue to show me like the value that's behind this work. Mm. Yeah. And it's so powerful. We, we have to really honor doing that because what you're doing is you're guiding women to become unstoppable. But before we say goodbye um, today, I'm interested to know what does becoming unstoppable mean to you, Victoria? Becoming unstoppable to me. In my mind, I literally think about um, when you say, what does it mean to be unstoppable? I think about how I show up every day. I think about, it, it means to me like owning up to who I am and who I strive to be for myself and then for my community, for my clients, for my audience. And it means owning this power, owning my, my worth and just, <laughs> it's funny because it's like just being unstoppable, just it's having these honoring my boundaries, honoring my hell yeses and respecting my no's <laughs> and knowing that every time, um, actually I was telling a friend this the other day, I said, you know, I was thinking about it. And whenever I have a choice, there is always that like, well, maybe this one time I could, I could, you know, be okay with this. And then I can feel the no, 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 we've done a lot of work here. And it's okay, because when we say no to this, something better is coming. Mm. There is always something better coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. just, yeah, it makes you brave for it to show up for yourself, to speak your truth. It's creating the stronger and healthier and sexier boundary and version. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I think, women, we don't under, we, underestimate the power of this work and this is what I say to people you're not just changing your you know because we think oh it's not really making an impact but especially if we are you know mentors or influencers we're influencing people we're mothers we are showing how women are to be treated and if we keep if we do all of this work we are changing the world because we are sort of shifting how women want to feel and be perceived. And that's my mission. 
it's changing how women think and feel about themselves. So yeah, thank you again, Victoria. You're absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, we'll put all of your links in the show notes. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, love. I appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure.